Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. All right. Dad dance? Is that what you said? Wow. All right. All right. You guys having a good Sunday? Amen. Good. All right, if you got a Bible, you're going to go to one of the best chapters in it. Gospel of John, chapter 3. Yeah, John 3.16, you all know that Bible verse? Go to John chapter 3. We're going to be going through the story a little bit and talk to one another, share some stories. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for today. God, I thank you that we're right where we need to be in this moment. I just see the Lord running in front of, in front of you on the road. He's tilling a road. He's getting a road ready. He's running over the hills. He's so excited. I see him smiling. I see him taking these light lantern things and putting them all down the road on each side. He's like an airplane guy in the street going this way. And I just see him, I see him prepping you in your life. So Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives right now, God. I thank you that you, you run before us. You prepare a way for us. Lord, we trust you. We thank you for where we're going. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today I want to talk about this idea that we're born again, this idea that we are spiritual people. And my question to you is, how is your spirit? How, how, how are you doing in your spirit? Is your spirit man, woman, thriving? Sometimes in our lives, we get so caught up in the physical, what we have, what we don't have, the payment we got to make, this, that, or the other, our lack of job or our, our, our future job that we want, but I want to draw us into this idea that Christ actually sees you uniquely. Jesus says in this passage we're going to read that you've been born of the Spirit, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. The Bible says in the epistles that we no longer, we no longer refer nor recognize people according to the flesh, but according to the what? The Spirit. Do we have bodies? Yes, we have bodies. But that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of spirit is spirit. There's an aspect of who you are that transcends all of this natural world. Okay? That's the beautiful thing. What Jesus has come to do for us is to ascend us, transcend us far above all the principalities, powers, dominions, the mights, the things that rule on the earth to seat us with him in heavenly places. So this week, next week, um, you get the pleasure of listening to me talk to you. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, man, I'm, we're going to do a little two-parter thing. Um, but I, I kind of want to hit on this idea of identity. Identity. But you know that if you just hit on identity, but you don't have imitation, you just become a prideful person. But you need confidence, right? You need confidence, but you also got to do imitation. We got to actually imitate Jesus. It's one thing that he seated us with him in heavenly places. It's another thing for you to cast your crown at his feet and take up a cross and come to earth and follow him and love people. Come on. That's good. Wow. I love you. I like it. 
Are we following? But you got to understand, you're seated with him. You know, it's interesting because in this passage we're about to read, Jesus doesn't just say, hey, I'm here to carry a cross for you. He says, the son of man who came down from heaven. And then he says this, who is in heaven. Jesus, as he's talking, and we're going to read in a second, part of it. As he's talking to Nicodemus, he says, he says that he is here with them, that he's come from heaven, but he was actually in heaven, united with the Father. One, actually, he's God, right? Become flesh. But he's recognizing he's also in heaven. So it's really important for us to know who are we as Christians. And it's also important for us to imitate him. So today we're just going to get a little bit of uh, an understanding, just a little bit, like a seed. You know, who, who, who are we and how do we view ourselves? Some of us feel like the devil gets a place to, I would, I'd see the, uh, the imagery as a snake venom. Yeah, a snake biting you and there's venom in you. Some of us might think that there's a place for venom for your life. There's absolutely no place for venom in the body of Christ. And some of us might feel repercussions in our life where I feel like, man, I just feel this sting or this pain or this darkness or this or that. I want to encourage you that there's a guy on a cross who died for you, that when you gaze upon him, all the power of Satan, hell, darkness is absolutely destroyed. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all in this passage. Amen. We'll see how far we go. Okay. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. He was so, he couldn't even come to him during the day. The guy's got to come at night. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs except they're sent from him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again? Can he enter a second time into his mom's womb and be born? Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. I'm going to skip forward here. I love this Bible verse over here. Ready for this? Nicodemus starts questioning him still. Jesus kind of rebukes him. He's like, man, if I'm telling you earthly things and you can't comprehend what I'm saying, how am I going to get to telling you heavenly things? How am I going to say this stuff to you? And so he sets a principle to him, this understanding of being born again. And he says, he says, listen to me. Just, this guy's a Jew, okay? He's a leader of the Jews. He should know the Bible. Their Bible was the Old Testament. Jesus is assuming he knows his Bible. And Jesus says, listen, Nicodemus, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so also must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then he says the most famous verse that we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, So what is Jesus doing here? Jesus is relating himself with this random serpent on a pole that Moses lifted up. And some of us who are not Jewish, and maybe we haven't been studying the book of Numbers uh, lately, we might not fully comprehend the depth of what Jesus is saying. So I'm going to give you a nutshell of what Jesus is saying, okay? In the book of Numbers, chapter 21, we have a wonderful story 
where the people of Israel decided to be bad boys and they decided to speak bad about God and about Moses. And the Bible says that snakes, everyone say snakes. Snakes, snakes ooh, were released and they began to bite the children of Israel. Okay, not good. They started to die. They started to die off. They start to see their friends, relatives, dying. They go, uh-oh, this isn't good. Next thing you know, they get bit. And they go, my buddy just died. I just got bit. I'm about to die. The snakes are killing all of us. They said to Moses, Moses, we were just talking trash on you, but please pray for us. We're sorry. We're so sorry. You're awesome. And Moses, such a nice, loving guy, says, okay, praise for them. And when he prays for them, God speaks. And God says to do something that's really, really weird. God says, Moses, I want you to make a serpent out of bronze. And I want you to put it on a pole and stick it in the air. And whoever has been bit by a snake, when they look at it, they'll be healed. In fact, they actually continued. You don't really think about this, but for 40 years when they're walking in the wilderness, they had this serpent on a pole traveling with them the whole time. Isn't that crazy? This serpent. We now get, then the Greeks ended up taking the image of that. We now have it for medical stuff. You all know. Okay, so isn't that fun? So check this out. Jesus relates himself to a serpent on a pole. What the heck? Why? Because he who knew no sin became sin that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He who is blessed above all because he's awesome uh, became a curse so that you might be blessed. Jesus said, hey, Nicodemus, you're of the flesh and you need to become a person who's of the spirit. Nicodemus says, what? He says, you got to be born again, Nicodemus. Nicodemus says, like going to my mom again? Says, no, Nicodemus, by the Spirit. Nicodemus says, boy, this is difficult. He says, think about this, Nicodemus. Moses with the snake, that's me. Whoever believes in me will have everlasting life. You've got an issue, Nicodemus. It's sin and death. The devil, yes? That's why I'm here, Nicodemus, to set you free. The people of Israel were sinning and they had snake venom in them. Jesus came to eradicate the snake venom in your life. Who are you? Are you guys following me right now? Like the curse of snake venom, the death, the sin, that nastiness. That, oh man, my life is horrible. It's not looking good. Jesus goes up on a cross for you and me so that we could be completely cleansed. What is, ah, no more power of serpents over you. That's good news. That's so good. (laughs) The Bible says, I pray that your inner man is strengthened. I pray that your inner man is strengthened. 
there's something that we've got to understand of who we've become. You've become, this might be really crazy for some of you. Oh, look at the kids. They're so awesome. This might be crazy for some of you, but I'm going to say it anyways. Do you know that you've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Some of you are like, this is, this is prideful. It's the Bible. They're, they're, they rhyme. Bible, prideful, totally different words. You're the righteousness of God. Say, of God. Of God. Uh, not of you. Not of your own name. You're the manifestation of God's righteousness. How? How? Because of the blood of Jesus. As great as his majesty is, so is his mercy. God, that was a good one. God's got a lot of river of mercy for you. He wants to pour it out on you. Some of us, some of us have shame, guilt, condemnation. We replay past things in our minds. I want to say that that venom needs to be eradicated from you. Yeah. He wants to completely take it. Take it. Why wait for tomorrow? This has been available for 2,000 years. <laughs> you see, if you see yourself as holy and like perfect, not because of what you've done, because of the blood, then you should have confidence. Confidence. Not in yourself. Confidence in Him. Confidence in what He's done for you. That you don't get beat up in the, in the, in the accusations of your brain. The accuser of the brethren, this guy who's kind of lame that, that, ah, you're this. No, you're not. No, you're not. The blood of Jesus is way better than that. My God's a God of resurrection. Wow. It's interesting. It's partly we, we say in, in church, we say a lot that God came, uh, it's kind of funny, like God came to kill you, right? And I've heard people say that, which is partly true. Like he came to eradicate your old man, right? But on another sense, the Bible actually says you were already dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You're walking around with the snake venom in you. That ain't good. You were already counted as dead, dead in your trespasses and sins. But God has made you alive together with Christ Jesus. He actually saw you from heaven dead, a walking person in pain, in the venom. And he said, I'm coming down to resurrect you. God wants you to have abundant life. God wants life and life abundantly for you. Yay. Hmm. Uh, In this world, we have tribulation, guys. I sometimes get really excited and bubbly. <laughs> More bubbles. It was funny when I when I was in seminary, I'd be in class and I'd start giggling sometimes because we we'd be talking about something in the Bible and I'd be happy, you know. And they look at me like, "What the heck?" I'd be like, "Ah, oh, it's just joy bubbles. They just come up. It's just amazing what God has done for us. This isn't just uh, this isn't just theory or just man. Let's just chit chat about random things on Sunday." This is so real. This is so real. I was walking around one time. There was this, I was thinking about this this morning. This is such a fun story. This guy, is a, he was a Hare Krishna, which is a, it's a cult of Hinduism, okay? 
And they, they wear these like kind of monk outfit things and they shave their head except for one spot and they get a really long ponytail. And they're really into this one false god of Hinduism, like really into it, right? And I'm walking around campus, this is when I was in college, we're walking around campus and these, these Hare Krishna guys would go around and they'd try to like woo these college students into their cult. So I just would have fun and like pray around them because I'd be like, this is my territory, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so I, uh, it was so fun. So sometimes like, I'd find myself walking and speak. And if this might sound weird to some of you, just, okay, get over it. I, but I speak in tongues. I walk around them in my own stuff. I'm praying. But I start speaking in tongues, praying. By the way, really real, okay? If you're like, what the heck is that? It's crazy is what it is, okay? But we can't go there right now. So I'm praying in tongues. I'm walking around him, and I would just, like, I could see, like, you know, they would, the students would be really interested, and all of a sudden they'd be, like, confused because I'd be praying in tongues around them, and just be like, God, confuse the enemy's camp. Confuse the enemy's camp. And the, the next thing you know, they're like, don't get a good positive response, and they got to leave, and they're like, ah. So they come over, and I, I feel this guy. I'm not looking at him. I feel this Hare Krishna brother guy coming towards me, and so I'm praying in tongues. He doesn't know what's coming, you know. I'm facing this way. And as I just, I feel his presence coming up behind me, and I just go, bam. I look at him right in the eyes. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, he's like, he's walking up to me, you know, like he's talking to me. I turn around, he goes, whoa. And he's like, just shocked, you know. He's like, oh, whoa, and stops. And I look at him, I look at him just dead in the eyes. And I go, I go, you grew up Catholic, didn't you? And he goes, how do you know that? And I go, I see it on you. And he goes, Ah, where? He, he starts looking at himself, and he's like tripping out, right? And he's like, what do you mean you see it on me? And, uh, and I was like, bro, you're being deceived right now. You're being led astray. Jesus is the only way. And he's like completely shocked. He's like, doesn't know what to do. He starts confessing to me that he had just started walking with this group, and he's wrestling and all this stuff, you know? And uh, so anyway, it was so funny. But I just felt like it was a great seed of uh, doubt for him and what he's running in, okay? So, so he goes back. I guess he tells the head Hari Krishna guy, and the guy is like forbids him from talking to me, you know? So I just keep praying for him. I come up to him and be like, I'm not allowed to talk to you. But I get to see this internal turmoil in this guy because he's following a lie from the pit of hell, Amen. and Jesus is the only way. Yeah? It ain't no Krishna guy. It's Jesus guy. He's the king of kings. The Lord of lords. Ain't no Krishna die for you on a cross. Ain't no other idol die for you on a cross. Yeah, he's alive. Yeah, oh, I like that. You guys are excited. I'm the most... If you really know me, which some of you are going to know me, I'm like the most like not like showy kind of guy. Sometimes, sometimes when I preach, I'll just sit on a chair and chit chat, you know? It's like, okay, we're doing this. But anyways, that's really fun when we all get bubbles together. Um, oh, man. I want to do something real quick before we keep talking. I want you to just close your eyes, put your hands out. And I want you to be honest with yourself, with God. If you feel like you've had snake venom in your life, I want you to do something. I want you to set your eyes upon Jesus on the cross. And I want you to see that your Savior has come. You don't need a miraculous intervention at this moment 
to be delivered from sin, to be delivered from the devil, to be delivered from darkness. You had a miraculous intervention 2,000 years ago in the God-man Jesus. And he was lifted up high for you. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent, Jesus was lifted up for you. That's where your freedom's at. That's where you, that was the miracle that we're all believing in. Him, yeah? yeah? So if you feel like you've been dealing with that, I want you to look to the cross right now, and I want you to see that, that yuckiness being eradicated from your life. The Bible says you're as red as scarlet. He'll make you white as snow. Say white as snow. Not kind of white. Not pink. Some of us are like, yeah, he sees me as white, but I really know I still got some red pinkish stuff. No, you don't. You're white. He's not a liar. Let him wash you. Let him wash you. Jesus, I pray for just any, if there was a few people I just sensed, if there's people in here that have been feeling condemned, just beaten down, they feel like they can't overcome certain things. Father, I pray for the foundation that they would know that you have overcome it for them. And I pray that you would release them. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just. Faithful means he'll do it. Just means he's right in doing it. Yay. He's faithful to do it. He's just in doing it. He's going to do it, confess it, and know. I don't know how I feel. Who cares what you feel? Be a believer. Who cares what you feel like? Be a believer. Thank you, God, for washing me. Tell him. Thank you, God, for cleansing me. Thank you for making me new. Guys, you are spiritual beings. Your spirits, literally alive in these earthly tents, you have an inner man that is one, united with the living God. In Christ's resurrection, he's lifted you up and he's seated him. He seated you with him in heavenly places. The Bible says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's good news too. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. Father, I thank you, God, that you've made us your children, that you've adopted us in. That you love us, God. We thank you for this Sunday, God. We thank you that it's not too hot. Praise be your name. It's perfect. God, we thank you for these last few weeks here at this church where the church has been challenged to step more into community, to walk by your presence, to walk in you, to give it all to you. Um, I pray that we would have healthy views of ourselves in the light of Christ. And God, I pray that we wouldn't stop there, but that we would imitate you, Jesus, that we would love one another, that we would take up a cross and follow after you now, Jesus. Mm. 
I pray that every person here truly feels forgiven, truly knows that they're forgiven, and the depth of that forgiveness. The Bible says, guys, that those who are forgiven much love much. If you really want to tap into the love of God and you really want to be a good lover and a good friend, tap into how much God loves you. Tap into how much God forgives you and how he sees you. Yeah? Okay. Can we all stand together? Do we have a... uh, Do we have a guitarist at all? You want to do it? That's what I want to do. Do we have a prayer team? Yep. Prayer team, presence, prayer team. Let's put it right here. Prayer team, come on up. I just want to challenge some of you to dig a little deeper. Get your shovel out in the spirit and dig a little deeper into this communion with the living God. And if that looks like maybe staying for a moment in this place, if it looks like coming up and getting prayer, I want to challenge you to dig a little deeper today. Yeah, dig a little deeper and say, Jesus, I want you more. I want to be hungry. I want to be thirsty for more of you. I don't want to live my old life the old life on the other side of the river, the man of flesh, the woman of flesh that used to act and respond in certain ways. I thank you, God, that you have eradicated that old life from me, that all things have become new. The Bible says he's made you a new creation. Say new creation. creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Some of us, we can go, we just... Go right back to seeing ourselves as this old person on the other side of the river of baptism. You're not that person anymore. No, 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 no. And if you know who you are on this side, praise God, you can encourage other people of a life of abundance. I'm not saying a life without pain. I said a life of abundance. That's crazy. They could stick you in a jail and you'd rejoice. What's that about? That's crazy. So we're going to worship for a sec. And I just want to encourage you, if you want to come up, I want to challenge you, come up. Line up if you have to. These people are going to pray for you, but I just, I'm just saying right now, they're going to prophesy over you too. The Bible actually says to wage the warfare from the words that were spoken over you. Yeah? So come up and get words. Father, I just thank you. We 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 thank you. You're the God of miracles. You're the rainmaker. God, you are working on our behalf even when we don't see it and don't know it, Jesus. We thank you that you've done something so profound in Jesus that it changed everything. Wow. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.